Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Again, it's good to see each of you in the house of the Lord. God bless our visitors. Glad you're here today. In case you're wondering, Brother Cordell is out of town with his wife on a little trip with just he and his wife alone. They'll return tomorrow. Luke chapter 2, and let me say this to you before I I read my text. I want to ask you if it could be possible what I suggest right now, if it's possible. Mary and Joseph and all the kids came to town. They were going to pick up supplies. They had business in Jerusalem. And Jesus, being a young boy, wasn't all that thrilled with shopping, so he may have suggested to his parents, why don't you just let me go to the synagogue? I'll spend some time in prayer there, maybe get a chance to talk with the rabbi or some of the elders. And whenever you're ready, you can just pick me up and I'll be ready to go. If that's a possibility, then what I'm about to read to you would make perfect sense. Luke 2 and 48, because they couldn't find him and it took them three days. And in verse 48 it says, and when they finally saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, son, why have you dealt with us? Behold, your father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, well, how is it that you sought me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? They understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject unto them. He was an obedient child. But his mother kept all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Why are you so disturbed and why did it take you so long to find me? I'm right where you left me. I'm right in the synagogue. Well, we didn't think anybody would go to church for three days. And maybe that's why this situation presented itself. And so I'm going to preach to you for a few minutes today on this subject. Does God still go to church? Does God still go to church? God bless you, you may be seated. Children need training. And I I realize who my audience is today. I'm, I'm glad that the young people get to stay in at least one service and have a family service on the first Sunday of the month. And so I'm going to gear my message to all of you, including children today. Children need training. Jesus is the locomotive. Dad hooks up, mom hooks up, and the kids hook up behind, and that's how we get trained. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I don't know what that age is, but I know that if we give them godly training, They will come back, even if they wander off. 
I have that promise from God's word. When I was a child, there were two things you didn't have a choice on. Number one, you will go to school. If they'd have given me a choice, I wouldn't have. And the other thing was, you will go to church. Those, those were absolutes. Those never changed. Uh, I was raised in a denominal home. I'm, I'm not practicing the faith I once practiced. I, I've seen more than that and taken advantage of it. But on Saturday nights, this is the way it was in the Kylie home. We stagger our showers because everybody is going to bathe before church. And the water heater can't handle all of us consecutively, so we have to space it out. And when you get done with your shower, if it's not time for bed, you can put your pajamas on and stay up a while. Only after you have laid out your clothes for church on Sunday morning. So you will bathe and you will lay out your clothes for Sunday morning and you will be in church on Sunday morning. That's an absolute. Now this was a general consensus in my day. It, was, it wasn't just that way for us. It was that way for all of us. Did you know that there was a time that nothing was open on Sunday? except maybe an occasional gas station in case you ran out of gas. And I'm not talking about a convenience store. I'm just talking about gasoline. There's no shopping. There's no going out to eat. Sunday morning, you go to the church of your choice. And Sunday afternoon and evening, that's family time. Sunday night programming on TV will all be family Family time. It's the only kind of programming there will be. That's the way we were raised. Now, I'm not always saying that I liked it. Just as much as I, I didn't really care for school, my two favorite classes were recess and phi ed. The rest of it, you can keep it. I, I wasn't interested. That's the immaturity and the irresponsibility of a child that needs training. Because you need an education. Can somebody say amen? amen? You need an education. But you also need to understand how important it is for you to have a walk with God. And I had this thought. Now let's go to 2019. We have a Wednesday night service, probably two hours in total length. We have a Sunday morning service probably three hours in total length. That's five hours a week that we come into this sanctuary, all of us, or we should, five hours, and then we spend five days in school or on a job, and sometimes overtime. That's some pretty magical dust if you think five hours is gonna combat 163. Something supernatural has to happen when we get together. 
Can you say amen? We better be getting something that is strengthening us. And woe be to us if we skip out even on the five. Now we've got the competition. Again, when I first came to Oconomowoc, we had a minister's council that I attended. And the minister's council was influential enough that the public schools were not allowed to have practices or games on Wednesday nights. Because that's a church night for some churches. And so you couldn't have anything, any activities to compete with church. But now, that's gone. And now we have to make our own choices, not only for ourselves, but for our children. And this is what I've learned. I've, I've learned the children have dreams. But when it comes to reality, in the 40 years I've been here, I don't think we've raised one child that became a professional athlete and made an income from sports. And yet, the hours that we have put into that is supposed to be offset by going to church on a Wednesday or a Sunday. I thank you for being here today. I realize I'm preaching to the choir but I think it needs to be established how important it is for us to be in the house of God whenever the doors are open. It's important. And I'm not only just talking about church services either. I'm talking about ministry. I'm talking about prayer meetings. See, I think we look at things differently today than we looked at back then. I remember um, Sister Meyer stood up in, in prayer and talked about distractions. If you were here for prayer, she did an excellent job about talking about how there are so many distractions for us. So many things that are pulling at your time. Saying, come over here, do this. And you have to make decisions. Now, when we become older, we establish priorities and we have calendars and we schedule things. How many of you schedule things on calendars? Most of you do. I, all of my appointments are right there in my phone. If you come and talk to me today after service and we're going to get together later this week, I will, as soon as I turn my back on you, I will talk into my phone and I will put it in my phone because I don't want to forget. It's important that I show up where I'm supposed to be with whom I'm supposed to be. Can I get an amen? How about God? I got a date on Wednesday night. How about you? It's on my calendar. It's gonna take something awfully, awfully important for me not to be here Wednesday night because it's important to me. And, and the reason it's important, and I know you're gonna lean back a little bit when I say this, is not because of you, but because of him. This is his house. He's going to be here. He expects me to show up. We have a date. And I'm not in the habit of breaking dates. And I don't think most of you are either. Amen? Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. 
And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Watch this. He taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. He came to Nazareth, where he was brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. He attended church. He was there on the Sabbath. His custom was to be in the synagogue. He was willing to be one of the people that would stand up and read. He went to church. He was faithful. He was brought up that way. He was taught that this is important. You got to get this. My greatest responsibility, as I see it, as a parent, is to make sure that my family, to the best of my ability, is ready to make heaven their home. Because I'm the one that's going to answer. The first one God's going to come to is me. Now, he'll get to them. But he expects a lot out of me. I'm supposed to be the leader. For as Joshua said, you guys make your own choices. But as for me, me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to be faithful to that. And as parents, we need to train properly. So he stood up to read. I want to finish what I started last week. Last week I talked to you about getting on an airplane and I, I uh, met a man and we had conversation about uh, two things. I talked about the first thing last week. Last week I talked to you about Tim was a financial advisor, big wig, and we talked about the importance of not changing the formula. There are financial formulas that you can't change or you won't get the proper result. And so I tried to explain to Tim that you can't take things out of the word of God or add things to the word of God and get the desired result that God wants. We are warned not to add or subtract. We need to stick with the formula. And I had monkey bread last week. And uh, Jason, I, I think my wife mentioned this to me. Jason said, did you notice that when he held that monkey bread that was no good, he couldn't hold it together, it just kind of fell apart all over the altar? Good observation, Jason. If it falls apart, it's not of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It won't fall apart, and it'll keep us together. It'll keep us together. And I gave information to Tim, and I'm waiting for a response from him. But the second thing that Tim and I talked about was Tim said something. He said, you know, pastor, he said, I can sit in a tree and talk to God. I love sitting in trees and talking to God. I do. I, I understand what he's saying. But that is not a substitute for where I belong and what I am supposed to do. 
Because I believe that God still goes to church. Now, I don't think he always sees what he wants to see or experiences his intended purpose. But I think he goes. Because he established principles that require his presence. Let me give you a few of them. How about this upper room experience? How many of you have ever heard this this verse of scripture? Um, Wherever two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Is that biblical? Okay. Is it biblical to say that if two or more will agree on touching any one thing, it shall be done unto them. Why does, he, why does he have to have more than one? Why can't we just get in a tree by ourselves and go down the list? Because God wants to gather together his people. And when we observe what he has asked us to do, he shows up. There is no guarantee for you and God to meet in a tree. And I have to admit, I'm telling on myself here, that the beauty of nature can sometimes even be a distraction. And we can love the creation more than we love the creator. we've received a, a, both a positive and a negative about gathering. There were 120 people in an upper room. They, that means they were all in the same place. Apparently it took them seven days to get in one accord, but when they did, it was the day of Pentecost and God showed up and filled them with his spirit, fulfilling what he had said he would do. We receive a warning in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. It says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. We're supposed to get together and encourage one another. Love one another. Pray one for another. And he warns us. He said, Do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as the manner of some is. See, they had this problem back then, too. But exhort one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. God goes where he's appreciated. Can you say amen? Amen. Let me give you a few examples of this. And let me explain this to you, too. Uh, Sometimes we get a little confused about church, and really it's just our, our terminology. Actually, the word church means separated or called out ones. That's what the church is. We are separated from the world to God and called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That that obedience to God's word and that relationship with him causes us to be called the church. But in our society, we refer to church as sometimes a building Where are you going? I'm going to church. Well, you are the church. How can you go where you already are? But we're referring to a house, like a synagogue, like a temple. You can use any adjective that you want. But it's a place 
that is designated for God's people to gather around God and his word. Now, with that in mind, let's take a look at at this passage in Psalms 134, verse 1. I can worship God from a tree. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me of all of my fears. Why? Because you came together and because you rallied around God in his house or in his sanctuary. Psalm 47, verse one. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord our God is high and terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. It, does never, it never says in the scripture to fold your hands. It never says to put your hands in your pockets. It never says to meditate on the Lord rather than to lift up your voice. God wants you to get over your inhibitions and be in one mind and one accord and give everything you've got and you can't do that in a lackadaisical form. So we clap our hands, we lift our hands, we shout unto God with a voice of triumph because we consider the house of God a sanctuary. Now where you work is not a sanctuary. Where you go to school, it's not a sanctuary. But isn't it great to have this sanctuary, this place of worship that we've dedicated unto the Lord? 2 Samuel chapter 6, when the ark was returning, the presence of God was coming back to Jerusalem. 2 Samuel 6 and 5 says, And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood on harps and psalteries and timbrels and cornets and on cymbals. All of them. Verse 14, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. This was not a solemn occasion. This was not a funeral. This was a resurrection. This was an excitement to Israel that the presence of God was coming back and they were uninhibited in their worship. If they played their trumpet, they played it as loud as they could. If they danced before the Lord, David danced with all of his might. They were into it. Why? Because the presence of God was returning. Do not ever take the presence of God for granted. Do not ever embarrass yourself by sitting down when a king is in your presence. Psalm 150, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his 
sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Well, I'm not there. I'm not a musician. I can't play any musical instrument. I'm not a good singer. I'm not in the choir. What's my part? The last verse. Let everything. If you weren't in the first part, now you're in this part. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And I mean praise him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Give him what he really, really deserves. Because God came to church for you. Praise God. God came to church for me. And I came to church for him. Listen to this. Listen to what God says to Solomon after he prays in the temple. And the Lord, this is 2 Chronicles 7, 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and he said unto him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Wow. If I would shut up heaven, that there would be no rain, if I would command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send a pestilence, even among my own people, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. There is no other place that has this guarantee. I want you to know today that you are standing on holy ground. I believe it. He said, hey, you don't know what you're standing on, Moses. You better take your shoes off. Don't let anything come between you and I. Don't let shoe leather come between us. Take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. 
you came here today. I'm just being honest with you. We're, we're, we're human beings. I know that. I've attended this church for over 40 years. It's another Sunday morning. We are standing in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thanks for not standing him up. But I'll tell you what, when you feel his presence, it ought to make you want to shout. Hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Makes me want to shout. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. Makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Don't ever take it for granted. So if God comes to church, why do I come? I come to church to give and to get. I'm just being honest with you. I come to give and I come to get. Do you know what your hands are? They are a channel for the miraculous. I want you to think about this while I read this, read this to you. James 5 and 13. Is any sick among you? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord, guess what? He's there. Will raise him up. If he committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Right through your hands. Acts 8 and 15 when they were come down, they, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they that were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. You can lay your hands on somebody and the spirit that's in you can enter into them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, to some men. Is that what it says, some men? Does it say every man? And that means mankind, folks. That's not just the male gender. The manifestation of the Spirit is to given to every one of us to profit every one of us. To one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self same spirit. They're not nine spirits. dividing to every man severally as he will. That means, I'm going to ask you to do something I don't normally ask you to do. I want you to put your finger in your own chest. You 
are in possession of a gift, at least one gift of the Spirit. And the reason God gave you that gift is not so you can show off or think you're anybody special, but he knows what the body needs and he divides the gifts so that the entire body benefits. That's the way it works. But if I'm not here, neither is my gift. Well, I'm there with you in spirit. No, you're not. If you're not here, you're not here. Well, my heart's there. Quit using flowery words that have no meaning. Fact of the matter is, if you're not here, you're not here. And if you're not here, your gift's not here. And I want you to know that you should not only come to the house of the Lord to get, but you should come to give. I worry about people that don't pray with other people. I worry about people that don't pray at all, but I also worry about people that come to an altar and they kneel down and they pray for themselves and then they get up and walk away. They haven't ministered to anybody. Haven't offered an encouraging word. They're not connected. They're not in one accord. You gotta get out of your shell. You gotta, you gotta experiment and, and let God use you to minister to somebody else's need. Instead of just thinking about what you can get, you ought to start thinking about what you can give. I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about giving your gift. I'm talking about giving your time. I remember one, I know I've told you this before, and I'm not gonna promise I'm not ever gonna tell you again either. But I remember one service I was sitting right there, right about where Dave Zielinski, it wasn't Dave Zielinski, where Brother Zielinski was sitting, there was a man. And the Lord spoke to me during the worship service and said, I have, a, I have a word for that man and I want you to go and give it to him. But he didn't tell me what to say. He was putting me on the spot first. So am I gonna trust that between here and there, I'm going to get a word, or am I going to freeze? Now, some of you have frozen when God wanted you to use your gift before. He'll give you another chance. Don't feel bad about it. Learn from it. Next time it happens, do what you're supposed to do. So I said, okay, God, that's what you want. So I walked over there and I'm like, God, what do I say? What do I say? This guy sees me coming and he's probably a little on edge, you know. And he doesn't say anything, kind of looks away from me like, I I hope you're going to the person behind me. (laughs) But I got up, I got up, I am Brother Zelensky and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I got nothing. Now I got my hand on this guy's shoulder and I got nothing. And God says, just give him a hug. And I hugged him. And you know what I said to him? Nothing. Nothing. And then I said, did you get the message? 
loud and clear. See, God just wanted me to love on the guy. You don't have to have all the answers, folks. You just have to be willing to be used of God. Let's stand together. I came here today to worship. I came here to give my finances. I came here to minister. People have ministered to me. Do you know that in the last few minutes, I have read to you 48 verses? 48. I just decided on one Sunday, I'm gonna count how many I used. Faith comes by hearing. 48 opportunities. You've had to increase your faith today. Psalm 122 and verse one. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And here's number 50. And with this 50th verse that I read to you today, I encourage you to come to the altar. And it's okay, take some time to pray about whatever God might be dealing with you about. But can I ask you for a favor? Don't leave without offering something to somebody else today. Here's my last verse. Deuteronomy 28 and 6. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? You're blessed. Go be a blessing this week. Praise God. Jesus, I pray today that people will come to this altar responding to your word and your will for their lives. But I also pray, Lord, that they'd remember why they came. They came to worship you. They came to be a blessing to you and to one another. And that we would not rob you or ourselves from the blessings that you have. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.